We'll do it live! F*** it! Lorenzo, how are you? Hey, what's up? It's an honor, sir. Oh, no. Pleasure's mine. Thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> I came across your podcast. That's all funny. I would say about a month ago, whenever WATP went, went over it. And I've been hooked, bro. Yeah, it's strange how uh, everyone seems to be taking taking a liking to it. And I, I can't understand why. <laughs> it's just me being me, you know. <laughs> well, don't don't try it yourself, you know. Um, it's not easy to be liked on the internet. And uh, whatever you're doing, it's resonating and people like you. I guess people like a person who doesn't like themselves or something. <laughs> I think your podcast should at least give you some sort of feeling of um, the word I'm looking for, some sort of achievement. Yeah, it. I would say to me, it just gives me something to do, you know, like a, a project, keep my mind off of other things. How long have you been doing this? I, I noticed you've been on YouTube for 10 plus years, but how long has this podcast been going? No, I just started it. Uh, I just had the hundredth episode today, so it's been a hundred days of just doing it every day. And yeah, YouTube. I mean, I've had an account forever. I tried to do some things, you know, years ago with gaming and stuff because I really like gaming. But I was like, yeah, everybody's doing that. So I finally uh, took up the, you know, I uh, was in between jobs, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start trying to actually put out this small like bite-sized content of podcast because i don't know I, I i don't think anyone i couldn't stomach hearing myself for an hour an hour and a half so <laughs> i i thought oh maybe 10 minutes a day and that could uh be something people would like there are a lot of things you talk about that i relate to um you talk about pop culture you talk about music you talk about um insecurities you talk about you know movies you know, you name it. So so you kind of run the gambit. You do have a format that I know I'm going to get. I know I'm going to get an antidote of, like, a past work experience, which I love. That might be my favorite part of your episodes. Like your oh, grocery yeah. stores, the Taco Bells, all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I ever really planned to be that wacky of a, of a life, but it just ended up being interesting like that, you know? Yeah, I think part of it is just really life. Um because I started out, you know, 16, 17. I worked at Owen Dixie at a Kroger. I worked at pizza places. I worked at McDonald's. So those experiences and those characters that you meet along that way are where growing up really happens. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And it's not the best advice no. anyone could get, but it is the advice we get, you know? <laughs> it's the ones that stick with us. Absolutely. Like when I start hearing your stories... I started thinking of the characters I worked with in the past at these various places. I mean, I've met the craziest people, and th this is where I grew up. I mean, you can only learn so much in your house, but when you go out at 18 into the real world, and you come across these characters at grocery stores and fast food joints. And, and you don't even understand. They they have their own lives they're living. They're living those wacky lives. You know, you're like, Jesus, this is, I don't know. You're only hearing a percentage of that life, too, of, of what they might be doing. It's insane. I think my favorite story is the one you were talking about a white. I, I, I love the fact that um, 
I'm getting things from I you you refer to yourself as Mexican, so I'm not all on saying Mexican, right? Yeah, I'm I'm Mexican. Okay, I don't know what, I don't know what's offensive or what's not these days, yeah. which you also it, talk about. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's tricky. But it's a perspective you don't like. For me, I don't get very much. You know, as as far as creators go, you know, I can get the black perspective, I could get the female perspective, I could get all these different perspectives. But to hear you talk about white people, so you're talking <laughs> about this this the guy that you said had white rage, and I knew exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I I looked up to that guy, man. That uh, that Kevin, I was, he was so pissed off all the time. He would bang things. He'd get so angry and cuss. But it's like everyone just dealt with it, you know. Because <laughs> it's like, oh well, that's just uh, Kevin being Kevin, you know. But I looked up to it like, man, I I could uh really, <laughs> I don't know why, I just looked up to it. That anger <laughs> inspired me, you know. It's true. It's true. I mean, I like racial humor. Um, I would suggest anyone who watches your show be aware that I would call it blue, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, comedians work blue. It means they're kind of adult, a little darker sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah. But I like it because it's authentic. This guy I worked for once put his fist through a wall because <laughs> someone made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, it was the stuff I went through e- even later in life in my career, like would never pass today. No, it, it's and it's scary that it it didn't even seem that long ago. You know, how no. long ago was that? Ten, ten, ten years. years, maybe ten years. The things that have happened along that way by leaders, quote unquote. I mean, I've been in <laughs> conference rooms where I had guys just dog cussing people. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. psychological abuse. <laughs> Dude, and that's normal to me. That's what I grew up with too, with with that white dude pointing at people, but not with a finger with his whole hand. Yeah. Point with his whole hand like this at someone and cuss them out and you know, crack up, make people cry. It was, it was like okay, let's just get back to work and get things done, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you played um a sport, I think tennis. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I you said, weren't, didn't you say you were pretty good and you were actually beating a few folks and you'd see some rage? Do I remember yeah. that correctly? Yeah, yeah. They would. It's because they, you could tell they were the highbrow, like they actually had tennis coaches teaching them, and I was just some you know chunky, chunky kid in sweatpants, <laughs> able to get one up on them and. Yeah, they'd get real upset with that. Even that story brings me back to to that time period, like 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Sports coaches were brutal, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, brutal. Yeah, Yeah, they would make us, they'd make you, uh, I remember, when was it? Basketball. When I was in basketball for a little bit in high school, you'd run in the morning. Oh, yeah. You'd do weights. You'd go to class in your sweaty clothes. Mm-hmm. uh not not showering i don't know it was yeah that was tough and yeah they'd make you what even the band uh the people doing band back then they'd make them wear every bit of their gear in the sun oh yeah go, go out there and i don't know things were just different back then you know as far as uh um how much you could push a person <laughs> you know into this practice practicing and everyone be okay with it i don't know i don't know what it is now with everyone basketball for me as well i remember running lines remember doing that over and over mm-hmm. again so you feel like you're just gonna pass out and puke mm-hmm. running stairs but there was i remember this i mean our coaches were like drill sergeants it was like boot camp i mean i remember there was a defensive drill and you had to keep your eye on the coach who was passing a ball and you had to keep your the eye on the person you were guarding and and if you weren't if you weren't keeping two eyes 
in two different spots, he'd hum the ball at your head. And I remember he hit a, a, one of my teammates. This was in like ninth grade. Blo- just hit him straight in the nose, <laughs> bloodied his nose. No, no, there's no reports filed. You know, I mean, yeah. this was a different time, man. And I get it. It's it's weeding out the the weak, you know. But you have to understand too. Like we were, this wasn't like for championships or the world, you know, the Olympics type of everything. This was just like ninth grade. Yeah, ninth grade basketball was there. There wasn't really much on the line to garner that much uh, punishment, you know. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it bettered us now because we're so used to that punishment that. Uh, how easy things are now it's like oh no it was way harder back when we did it this is nothing you know yeah i was gonna ask you that do you think we're damaged from coming up in that era do you think that damaged us in any way yeah no i I would say it did make us stronger uh Mm -hmm. but i i feel like we do i expect more from you know these kids nowadays because we i mean I, i wouldn't say we should pass on the trauma yeah if if we did experience it but it also made us tougher to where we're ready to just deal with anything you know like we deal with the crap nowadays it's like well that was nothing we were dealing with that in as kids let alone the traumas uh these people in college deal with or in the real world when they're trying to get a job you know and they deal with rejection or yeah any 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 sort of uh things that might let them down you know not ready Mm -hmm. for it it's interesting I do like to think about Generation X and and generations and their parenting styles and stuff. Me, I have four kids, um, range in age, and it's like you do try to take the good from your parents and leave the bad. You know, it's like each generation you're supposed to kind of like cure the stuff, whatever, one of the fucked up things. You hope to. And I don't ever want to use that. I, I don't have kids. I have my nieces, but I don't. I don't ever want to use that as an excuse. Like, well, I had to deal with it, so you have to deal with it. Yeah, no, that's that's terrible. Right. But but also, um, I don't know. Like you saying you have four kids, and then I have my two nieces. I feel like I've, I've said this. Like one child is enough. I don't know if it's possible to spread your love between multiple a good point. children. You know, and I don't mean to say no, no, no. You will not offend me with anything you say. Yeah, I don't mean to say you you spread your. No, I know. I know exactly what you're saying because trust me, I thought that. You know, I had a son, and there was a large gap between I had the next one, and and that entire time, that's what I thought. I was like, "There's no way." Yeah. But believe it or not, it happens. I mean, well, I just love them all. You know. Yeah. And and you know that's going to bring me to anxiety because that's something I really appreciate that you talk about that I understand, um, and I think that's what brings some sort of um, real world into your podcast. You know, and it's brave to talk about that kind of stuff. So, what would you say your your main um, main anxiety is based on, or, or what, what's keeping you inside? Because that's what you say you'd never leave the house. Is that right? I mean, I've lately it's been kind of bad where i i don't like to leave the house mm-hmm. but it, you could say it's that uh, agoraphobia i guess that's what they call it where you you don't want to leave uh but i would say it's more if i had to narrow down how i feel it's that i'm i feel trapped with no exit when i'm somewhere unfamiliar do you feel that way in your in your space 
if it gets really bad, sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've gotten to that that length where I, I feel like, oh my God, even in my own home, I'm afraid of these irrational fears. But I know it's gotten uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, I mean, I can somewhat control it with the medication, but it's right. mostly like going out somewhere unfamiliar, feeling feeling like, oh man, I'm I don't know how I'm gonna leave this place, and then trying to escape. It's a fear of being trapped. Like even last week, uh, and I think I was telling you I tried a, what was it? Some uh, Delta, Delta Eight. Yeah, and that like brought oh, me man. all the way back to square one where I just felt. I'm- that was at a time when you said that before we were talking, but I probably wouldn't interject it because you have to learn for yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and it was, I'm at a point where I'm willing to try anything to feel better, mm-hmm. you know, or at least, yeah, just like, okay, rule this out. But I'm not, I, I don't know if doing something's going to knock me all the way back down to square one. And that's kind of where it did. But those few hours were like, oh, geez, we're, that nothing's real. My brain's trying to get out of my body. <laughs> yeah. When you said disassociation, I, I knew I kind of felt like that could happen just based on what I've heard in your podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's really different how it affects people. Some people say there's certain strains that will give you a physical kind of feeling, relaxation or high. And then some people say there's, there's one that, that can, that's real mental. And that's what people with a certain in my opinion people with a certain chemistry or personality it makes them paranoid yeah. disassociate all that stuff so yeah it's a gamble with that stuff man <laughs> i rolled the dice and yeah, i didn't come out i and, and it could have been me i could have taken a too big of a puff i don't think that's it i'm sure there are people who would disagree with me on that do you feel more anxiety by not leaving or by leaving i would say by leaving but then also, it mostly comes at night. That really exaggerates it to a point where it's like, okay, uh, wait, I just need to make it to the morning and I'll feel fine. And then we start this cycle over again. Do you have insomnia? No, not really. That's uh, good. There will be a, a couple of days where, yeah, I can't sleep, but it's mm-hmm. not anything. It's not an everyday issue. People will say, oh, if you don't leave the house, you're like, you know... Howard Hughes, you you know, you're crazy, you're scared, you're this, you're that. <laughs> Every time we walk out of our door, we're taking our life in our own hands. The safest place you can be is in your house, your room, as far as percentage of chances of something going wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't ever say, I don't say that as a positive. I would rather be able to leave, but honestly, everything we can nowadays with remote things and everything. Sure. People order, bringing us our food. We can kind of just stay home. And Anxiety definitely comes from having a responsibility to other people. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, because we love them, you know, that's a good it, thing. It does give me the strength, or at least for my nieces to keep going, you know, not, not to ever feel that low where I'm like, oh, what's the point? You know what I mean? I've had several times in my life where it, it felt rock bottom, um, where my mind was on a loop of doom, is what I call it, a loop of doom. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know what it is. It could be, as far as me, my fear of the dark, or maybe it's because I'm getting tired from being up the whole day, so that that tired feeling might exaggerate the fears, you know? As Cardiff Electra said the other day, we care about you. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. I'm not used to uh, this much like uh, caring, you know, it's it's foreign to me. That's just from having my, you know, parents or whatever of like, ah, get over it. You know what I mean? Sure. And, you know, you getting a lot of love from the haters and the trolls, you know, and if you could do that. No, it, it is strange. I thought definitely someone would be negative somewhere and not everybody's positive. It's again, it's foreign to me. And it's interesting how the YouTube algorithm works, because if if I, you know, if WATP never did the 10 minutes or 15 minutes on you. I can't remember what it was. I wouldn't, I don't know if you would have ever popped up on my radar. That's what a lot of people are saying. And I had no idea what that WATP was till I think, uh, yeah, a couple people I talked to like this Adam Thoreau and mint mint salad, these two like YouTubers they, that I wanted to interview. They were like, Oh, Hey, you just got big there. You're hilarious. You know? And I'm like, Oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I do like Carl's Who Are These Podcasts. And it was interesting because I was listening to your the episode where they featured you. And I was like, okay, where's Carl going to go with this? You know, because this guy's kind of funny. That's what I was thinking, you know. Um, <laughs> and I could tell he was kind of, in my opinion, he was kind of couldn't hate it. Uh, you know, that's the way I got, I got from it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize that there was like, a show that roasted you know podcasts and then yeah when i heard it i thought it was hilarious taking what taking what i'm saying and make it even funnier because they're kind of <laughs> putting like real like oh you shouldn't feel this way you shouldn't but yeah no it was it added to it even even more you know the stories that i told you know like carl always has his producer or, or other people to bounce stuff off of and he's really good at it but they can they can get really dark with their humor and do it in a funny voice or do it in the guise of a joke where you're just by yourself pulling this stuff out of your head. And they're like, well, I don't know about that, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and I was saying, I don't know if they, I heard them saying, oh, well, is this made up? Is it a character? And I would say it's, I don't know, it's just me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are one of the few to not get roasted on, on that show. And I don't mind the roasting because I feel like his roasting is um, valid, you know? I think oh, yeah. more than likely he's right. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. So even with his, you know, I won't even call it criticism of me. He was just kind of mm -hmm. like roasting me. It was hilarious. Well, yeah. you're doing a great job. So let's get to, this is my first episode of fuck it we'll do it live did you see that clip i sent you yeah no i remember that when he gets all pissed off yeah i love that <laughs> i love that clip so I, that's what i want to name the show and i noticed in your your transitions you'll usually just do you'll just do a song you'll just start singing sometimes it's early your throat's dry you, you hit a cracky note but you know <laughs> And it's funny, and you make that funny, and sometimes you actually hit some good notes. But I heard you do a Slipknot song. Yeah, yeah, I I did grow up uh, in high school listening to a lot of that music, and uh, some of it stuck with me, you know. Yeah, yeah. When I heard that, I was like, okay, okay, this guy he likes female pop, which I like, by the way, and then he likes Slipknot, you know. So, so asked you beforehand to send heavy album CDs releases, so. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go through them. So I'm going to pop them up on the screen. Limp Biscuit. Chocolate Starfish. The hot dog flavored water. 
I want to get into your head. What made you choose this? I want to say that was the very first album I ever bought that was like uncensored. Because back mm-hmm. then, you know, it, when I lived in a small town, you had a only Walmart to shop at and they only had censored albums. Mm-hmm. And so I remember having to go out of town to a Best Buy and I bought that was like the very first album I ever bought that was uncensored. And yeah, it just stick, sticks with me, you know? Yeah, I saw Limp Bizkit at this place called Barristers and it's literally in an alley in downtown Memphis. Um, <laughs> and it was awesome. They seemed like a good live show, especially back when, when they were still coming up, you know? Have you ever seen the movie Judgment Night? No, cannot say I have. Okay, it's probably um early 90s movie. I'm going to link all this stuff and do playlists, but it's... Emilio Estevez and Dennis Leary, and Dennis Leary's the bad guy, and it's essentially Dennis Leary chasing Emilio Estevez through this deserted town, trying to kill him. I can't remember why. And there's a soundtrack to it um, called Judgment Night, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And it took metal bands and rap bands, and they collaborated on songs. My favorite one, personally, is Faith No More with the Booyah Tribe, Another Body Murdered. I'm going to put that song in the playlist. I know um, there's an album I really like, too, uh, and it's like a rock rap collaboration called uh, Loud Rocks. If you've ever okay. heard that. I have not, but I will and look into it. If you look, the, it's a compilation of different rappers and uh, rockers. And I know the very first song, it, it has some where they're mixed together and mm-hmm. some where they actually do a new song. And the first song on there is a collab of System of a Down and Wu-Tang. Oh, nice. Yeah, called Shame, and that song's great. They have some collabs of, um, man, Ozzy Osbourne and um, I think Exhibit. They have a lot of uh, rap, good artists on that that one that's really good, Loud Rocks. I'm glad you said that because I've not heard of that, yeah. and I'm going to put it in our playlist related yeah. to this episode. So well, I'm going to go into the second one, System of a Down. Oh, yeah, Toxicity? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that was like a big one in in high school too. Like, really got me into uh, the heavier side of music when I was still listening to, <laughs> I would say like '90s cassettes. <laughs> like, I, I would still listen to my sister's stuff because my my older sister was the one that basically was able to buy music. So I would listen to whatever she had there. And I mm-hmm. once I like got into System of Down from school, it was like, okay, let me check these other bands out like Marilyn Manson or um, Slipknot, stuff like that. But I want to say Down was the one where I'm like, man, this is kind of different because all the other ones were a lot of screaming and Down, you know, he kind of sang a little bit more melodic and stuff. And I don't know. I really, I still listen to them to this day very much. So that record influenced a lot of people and brought a lot of people into metal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, I got a kid on the other side of the door, man. Okay, you're good. This is my stuttering John moment. All right. You're good. All right, screw it. We'll do it live. Let's go to number three, Gwar. I noticed yesterday in this podcast, I believe you mentioned the documentary, This is Gwar. Yeah, it was really good. And I, I do like Gwar. Uh, it's just a fun show. I've been to their show like six times. Uh, their live show and it's just a fun show even though i probably only know one or two of their songs uh 
and watching the documentary reminded me a lot of going to those shows and then you know how the lead singer passed away and yeah they brought the other yeah so it was touching for a documentary Mm -hmm. but also i had a lot of memories of going to different shows Mm -hmm. and seeing gore with uh, different people and it was just it was always a good show you you would never be disappointed you know yeah i i have seen him a few times i've probably seen him more than i can remember honestly i do remember some parts in there's live shows that were just super offensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i saw saw one uh uh, where is it at, at Eagle Pass? I think where they had a, a a do like a figurine or whatever they do. They chop them up, but it was with George George Bush. Yeah, right, right when he was right when he was in office, and the security guards there were like disgusted watching mm-hmm. it happen. They they were they were like, "What are we, what are we here for?" You know, and it was just it was great. You know, and Dave Rocky, that guy was an artistic, I would say, genius. Uh, and it was a touching documentary of uh, remembering him, you know. I would say if I was going to put something related to war in this playlist, it's going to be they every year. I, where were they from? Were they from somewhere on the East Coast, right? Uh, Virginia yeah. or something. Richmond, Virginia, I think, maybe. Maybe. But they would do a hometown show and they would call it. They would. It was reverse war, I believe. It was R.A.W.G. Yeah. Rog or something and it's yeah. them without the uniform they're just playing their songs like punk rock style yeah like a cover band <laughs> yeah and it is awesome yeah it, it's it is just a it, it's it's a great show they it, it's on youtube i remember watching it um the entire show is just them without the makeup and they're just jamming and it is good dave rock yeah. is on you know he's he's a great singer mysteriously enough he is i really like the first one scum dogs of the universe it's always been my favorite he reminds me of a heavy metal um david lee roth as far as his voice goes does that make sense yeah i think so yeah he can sing that like jazz type music too so i also ask you to send me non-metal albums so let's get into that from marine the diamonds uh lecture heart I don't know, like as far as Marina the Diamonds go nowadays, I've I've seen her live, and I just think uh, she's like the best as far as uh, vocalists, musical writing, uh, mm-hmm. female pop, you know. But that's I wouldn't call myself biased. It's just kind of all I listen to at the moment. I really like what you uh, picked because a lot of it made me think, um, and this one made me think a little bit, like. And it's only because we have different experiences. I just haven't been exposed to her or her music. You know, like for some reason, she just never came on my radar. So I'm like, how did you hear about this? First came of her, you know, in the grocery store when you're hearing the music in the speaker. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember Kip, like I work in a grocery store, so I would keep hearing her one song over and over again. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, oh, this is annoying. I hear it all the time. And then I was like, man, and the song was... um uh man what was it on her list it was either um it was prima donna girl and at first it's like ah, i don't really like this it's annoying but then it grows on you and i'm like i want to listen see what else she she sings and then i just got into her whole albums of everything and it was just it was good i don't know it was good enough and then she happened to be touring at that same time so when i saw her live it was everything it's like man this is she's perfect <laughs> so have you heard the new taylor swift song called anti-hero i heard her album it was okay mm-hmm. i i i'm i like some of her songs not really her whole albums 
But have you heard that song called I'm Antihero? Pre- I'm pretty sure I have. I can't recall how it goes, but it I, just sounds it sounds like I haven't I haven't heard any of the album, but I did hear this song because that must be the single they're playing, they're playing on the radio, and it it's it had like an eighty synth wave sound to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if the whole album was like that, but kind of like what the weekend's been doing. It kind of just it's like modern day eighty synth, you know. Yeah, kinda. it's got a strong sense of that. And again, it was it was all right as far as Taylor Swift goes. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think she's overrated. <laughs> with I you know, I remember seeing a performance she did live maybe ten years ago. She was much younger, but it was just her and an acoustic guitar on an award show, and it was really good. I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, and I think that. I wouldn't say she's lost that. I'm sure mm-hmm. she could still want to do that, but her fans want to hear different stuff from her, and I'm guessing that's it. They don't want to hear her, her roots where she was just like a country singer, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that because it, it just, like I said, the song to me, it just sounds like a style of music and not necessarily Taylor Swift. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, she's getting whatever's trending. It's just, yeah. yeah, so. So I don't blame her. It's catchy though. It's oh, catchy. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a good listen to, but it's nothing I would put on my playlist. <laughs> good deal. So now is Kanye West, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh yeah, and I think I don't know that to me that's like the perfect I guess you'd call rap album. Mm-hmm. Uh despite all the controversies he's going through right now. Mm-hmm. I I always uh Tell everyone to separate the art from the artist. I agree. <laughs> I know me personally, I'm sure I would want to separate me from my own art if that ever occurs. But yeah, he just knows how to make music. He knows uh, how to how to write it. And that album is, I think, perfect, too, as far as, um, you know, rap is concerned. And mm-hmm. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge rap fan. But yeah, that one is just great. I know his next one he did, uh, Yeezus, mm-hmm. it was a lot, lot harder was um something different too but this one is just perfect as far as production and everything on it i think it's it's a great album there's something about kanye i, I can never identify his voice because he always has so many guests in his songs like i don't know which one's him does that make sense yeah, yeah no i understand yeah i know a lot of people who say this work here is is a genius masterpiece right here yeah, as far as if you look at all his albums, this one is it looked like he put everything into it. And I think it was right when like his uh his mother passed away or something. So yeah, a lot a lot of that in it too. Like you, I'm not I I do appreciate rap and I do like rap. I'm a generation X fan of rap, you know, but I do keep up with what's going on out there. Um and like like you said, it's hard to distinguish who's who unless you're really into it. Um, but the ones that stick with me, I think, cross over better because I recognize their voice. Yeah, nowadays it's, I don't know, they, they're they they're not really any stars. It's just like music. I don't know. I don't know how to say it with these, uh, these artists nowadays, you know, but uh, I know uh, I'll um, listen to some artists that are presently making music and it's more songs that'll jump out to me rather than uh, actual whole artists or whole albums, you know? Have you heard of mm. Juicy J? 
Yeah, from uh, Three Six Mafia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you hear GCJ, it is just the embodiment of rap, in my opinion. Does that, does that make sense? No. Yeah. He. I mean, shit. They won what? Uh, what a Grammy? For yeah, that? for the yeah. for the soundtrack in that movie. Yeah. That's believe, yeah. Crazy. Back when you didn't win, rappers didn't win Grammys. You know. No, and and they're from Memphis, and I'm from I'm I'm here in Memphis. They're like most of my videos mm-hmm. are just driving around here, filming while I talk about stuff. But um, yeah, Juicy J and the Three Six Mafia are from Memphis, and um, that's that's a big rallying cry for Memphians. Like we don't have an NFL team, we do have the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA, and we have Three Six Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure you have barbecue sauce too or something yeah yeah barbecue <laughs> and and all the other stuff um but yeah juicy j and i mean he made that Katy perry song dark horse so mm-hmm. good don't you love that part when he oh, comes yeah. in yeah no it makes the song it, it, it makes it it separates it from all the other Katy perry songs and i do like Katy perry very much <laughs> well look lorenzo i got about three minutes left Let's go to the last one, Angus and Julia Stone. And you picked the album Down the Way. And yeah, what made, you, a, what made you pick that? How do you hear that? Well, I remember playing the game. There's a video game, Life is Strange. And it's a nice story-based, slow game. No, no, Not really action-based, just story. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had a great soundtrack within that game. One of the songs in that soundtrack was from this album. Mm-hmm. It was called... Um, Santa Monica Dreams, and it's just a slow little ballad of the brother and sister singing, and this whole album is just, I don't know, I, it really connects me to that, where it's just nice and soothing, and kind of where I want to be at now, with especially with the anxiety and everything, where I just want to be calm, mm-hmm. relax, and just listen to melodies, or real soft and slow music, you know? I think that's a good place to end. We started, you know, early on, we kind of touched on the anxiety. We could finish on how music soothes your anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, passionate about music, and I know you are too, based on your podcast. <laughs> I hope you get some subscriptions from this. Oh, but, I love it, yeah. But if not, it was fun to do, and I think you just made your mark on the musical landscape, sir. <laughs> As, thanks for having me, man. It was fun just uh, chit-chatting about everything. All right, Lorenzo. Take care, and I'll talk right. to you later. Yeah, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.